Welcome from Euractiv. My name is Luca Bertuzzi, your digital media editor, and this is the Digital Brief podcast. This week, we look at the digital agenda of the new French presidency. For an overview on all things digital in the EU, sign up to our free newsletter or visit the website Euractiv.com. This is Euractiv's Digital Brief podcast. Today, I'm joined by our correspondent from Paris, Mathieu Pollet. Thank you, Mathieu, for joining us today. Hi, Luca. So on the 1st of January started the French presidency. What can you tell us about the digital priorities for Paris? Well, of course, as you may know already, Luca, the, the big two priorities of the French presidency on, on the digital agenda will be these two big files, the Digital Markets Act and the Digital Services Act. These are really like the two, the two priorities that the French authorities will try to have adopted under uh, its mandate. Of course, there are a few other things. And I can also think about um, the international agreement on the taxation of multinationals uh, that has just been backed by the G20 at the end of October. And Emmanuel Macron would really like to see it effective. Uh, during its mandate. So they will try to introduce two legislative texts um, related to, to this agreement by, by spring to really make it uh, effective uh, in the EU. And indeed, the corporate tax agreement will have a strong impact on the tax sector. But going back to the DSA and DMA, uh, there have been speculations that the French are essentially looking for quick wins uh, ahead of the uh, presidential elections in April. Do you think that these speculations are well-founded? And do you think that getting an agreement on these files would play well with the French electorate? I think it will, although maybe the French electorate doesn't have really the full picture of what these both texts really entail. But I mean, when when we speak about them, when, when you hear Thierry Breton speaking about that, about them, it's always about like regulating the big data, the far west, the digital far west. So of course, if Macron were to say we were the one achieving the adoption of text regulating big tech and the regulating the digital far west, of course, it will have some ripple effects on uh, on national elections. What's interesting though, is, yeah, just like you said, national elections are in April, so we can highly expect that France will try its best um, to have both texts adopted or really close to, to a final agreement by the end of March. So Emmanuel Macron can really put forward these great achievements for his um, re-election campaign. So beyond electoral gains, what are the main points that France is trying to achieve with the DMA and DSA? I think France really wanted like national authorities, national competition authority, um, to have a say uh, in the enforcement, in the, the later enforcement. So now we see that the text is really getting more towards having a strong cooperation between um, national authorities and um, and the DG competition at the, uh, at the Brussels level. On the DSA, Quite the same. It's really about the enforcement, one of the main victory already for France. At the very beginning, well, France was really keen to challenge the principle, the, the country of origin principle, uh, to, to have a country of destination 
principle instead. And and this principle is very, at the very core of the, of the GDPR enforcement. So France was really keen to challenge that so they can really have a say um, when regulating the, the, those platforms, when regulating uh, those companies under, under the DSA. Well, one of the big achievements already is that the European Commission is now set to take over the enforcement when it comes to the very large online platforms, what we call the VLOPs. So this is some no small victory already. So the red line of uh, everything you said until now really relates to sovereignty, carving the power of big tech, having national authorities involved in the, into the enforcement. And indeed, France has been the one pushing for an idea of sovereignty related also to technology and uh, this strategic independence notion. What can you tell us about how the French presidency will try to continue shaping this idea of digital sovereignty? That's very interesting. The, the, the issue of sovereignty is very interesting with the French perspective. Because, of course, um, even just, just last month, uh, Bruno Le Maire was saying um, that the, the digital giants are not, and I quote here, not just nice companies with whom we need to cooperate with. He said they are rivals, rivals of the states that do not respect our economic rules uh, and therefore must be regulated, unquote. That's very interesting because you may think, oh, so he really, France really pushed for some European sovereignty, no, not related to any American giant or, or, or Chinese giant. And yet, when you really look into it, well, there is some kind of like playing on both both sides of the fence, because uh, yes, that's true. France is really pushing toward uh, having more digital giants, really pushing toward scaling up the European startups, the European tech startups. But at the same time, it doesn't close the door on GAFAMs um, when it comes like to its cloud industries. Uh, so of course we can we could talk about like the GaiaX initiative, but even without GaiaX, even in you know like the French strategy on cloud. Um, there is really room for American giants in, in the cloud, uh, in the sovereign French cloud. The French government is often accused of being schizophrenic when it comes to, to the tax sovereignty. So it, it will be very interesting to see um, what this notion, what this notion is going to, to look like in the next six months and to see which direction we are going to. And indeed, uh, the Commission also recently launched an alliance, a European alliance for cloud computing, chaired by Thierry Breton, the French Commissioner for uh, Industry. In this case, it's composed only of European companies. So indeed, there are some contradictions there, and it will be interesting to see how they play out. Moving on, the Commission recently launched a directive for improving the conditions of platform workers. Uh, we have seen a letter signed by several member states, Italy, Germany, Spain, Portugal. France was not in there. Is it because it was already playing the role of the honest broker um, preparing for the presidency? What's the French view on this file? Again, it's, it's going to be very, very interesting because... Um, so, so this whole this whole file on on platform workers is really like a, a 
fi finding finding a balance between flexibility and social protections, right? So yeah, flexibility have, uh, has been one of the values defended by Emmanuel Macron throughout many, many reforms, just not the, the platform workers one. On the national level, there has been a lot of um, social discussions between the platform workers and the platforms. And that's something that really the platforms themselves uh, praised. They, they really praised the, the, the French approach to this. Um, they don't want to, to have like any obligations. Uh, they sure want more legal certainty, but they don't want to to have more obligations to, to them. They'd rather have like the the discussion approach, the the social uh, discussion between the workers and the platforms, and they really want to have this uh, reinforced and to have this uh, broaden rather than a, a, a system of obligations. So that's really the French approach. But uh, just like you said, this is not the the approach that is mostly shared among among EU members. So it'll be interesting to to see. Actually, that, that will be a nice example to see whether France will try to really be on top of debate and really try to find the better uh, agreement, the better consensus for everyone, or if France is going to take advantage of this position to really push its position forward and try to convince the other member states. So that will be a very, um, a very interesting um, study case. I think the question you just uh, put forth is applies to the entire presidency. And indeed, the French are well known for being very skilled uh, diplomats that can push their national agenda, uh, presenting it as the European one. Uh, but everyone is so focused on the first half of the French presidency ahead of the elections. Do you have any predictions for what will happen in the second half, uh, depending on who wins the elections, of course? Well, uh, yeah, that's very speculative, but that it's going to be very, very interesting. Just like we, we, we talked about earlier, um, most of the files are set to be through by by the end of March. That's that's the objective. Even yesterday, like some um, someone in Macron's entourage was was telling the journalists that for the DMA and the DSA, really the goal was to have it uh, to have it by the end of March. What is going to be very interesting is um, what if they do not achieve to get this final agreement by the end of March, and that's honestly possible when it comes to, to the DSA in particular. It's going to be very interesting to see what this transition is going to look like if Macron weren't to be renewed as, as a president. So it's really hard, hard to say in advance. But the agenda is so packed for the first three months, uh, and not, not even on digital, actually. It's really so packed that I think the last three months will be about catching up on the fights that weren't um, that weren't adopted so far on the on the first three months. So it's going to be very interesting whether there will be a, a true um, continuation of Macron's efforts, and what will be even more interesting is if that if it's not Macron being president in in April in France, will there be like a, a true disruption uh, in in this agenda, or will it just be business as usual? Indeed, that's the question many in Brussels are asking right now. Mm. Mathieu Poulet is our correspondent in Paris. Thank you, Mathieu, for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks, Luca. That's all we got time for this week. 
Don't forget to sign up to our free digital brief newsletter to receive a comprehensive overview on all things digital in the EU and beyond. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast published on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher and Amazon Music. I'm your Luca Bertuzzi and thank you for listening.